One of the best food scenes in the country, right here in Minnesota. And nobody knows it like magazine food critic and James Beard Award finalist, Jason DeRussia. Now bringing you the most interesting people and hottest trends. Let's listen in as DeRussia Eats. Hey, it's episode nine, DeRussia Eats. It's Jason DeRussia. And today is all about the writers, the critics, the people who help shape our ideas and belief about food and restaurants in Minnesota. There's a new food critic for the Minneapolis Star Tribune. John Chang answers questions for me about his approach, how he's changing the way he's reviewing. Some of John's reviews have really kind of rankled some people. This interview was done before he absolutely destroyed a Danny Del Prado restaurant in Wyzetta with just a devastating review. We want our reviewers to be honest. Uh, But honest about what? How do they decide what matters? Are they writing uh, against a standard of excellence or are they writing for their own reader? My approach as a critic at Minnesota Monthly has always been to analyze a restaurant based on what it is trying to be, not what I wish it were. But there are still some objective things. People think food writing is all subjective. I disagree. Sometimes food is objectively well prepared or not. Service is objectively good or not. And we talk about that with John Chang. And then a treasure. Sue Zellickson. Oh, my gosh. Sue has been a voice in the Twin Cities food scene for, geez, 50 years, I think. She's an absolute incredible treasure. Shares her story, how she ended up talking about food way before it was cool. Enjoy John Chang and Sue Zellickson on Russia Eats. On Thursdays, we have our Russia Eats segment. Every Thursday, we bring in a different writer or critic or Instagram influencer. And today, I'm so glad to have the chief restaurant critic for the Minneapolis Star Tribune with us, John Chang. John, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Jason. It's great to be here. John, you've been the critic for the Star Tribune for how long? Since November of last year, I believe. November of last year. Correct. Have you caused as much of a kerfuffle as your Juicy Lucy article, which went online today, has been causing? I want to say I have not caused any kerfuffle. I do want to say that I created some creative discourse. Ooh, Creative discourse. <laughs> what? So I, we're going to dig it. You know, I, I, I was going to wait to talk about Juicy Lucy's, but I, I cannot keep the listeners waiting. You wrote a story today that revealed something that really surprised me, that you had never tasted a Juicy Lucy before this writing exercise for this article. No, it's really funny. How um, is this possible? <laughs> Why are you so out of touch with your readers? When I How first... did they find a critic who is absolutely out of his mind? What else are we going to find out that you haven't eaten, John Chang? <laughs> are you going to take on walleye now? You hate walleye? You've never had walleye. I do like walleye in certain preparations. Actually, if you've read my... That was a hedge. That was a major hedge Prior right there. review of Churchill <laughs> Street, uh, a wonderful restaurant in Shoreview, uh, in Shoreview uh, they prepare walleye 
particularly well. Yeah. So you're um, like snobby walleye, not like oh, I man of the people walleye. <laughs> Any- <laughs> Churchill Street is terrific. You and I very much agree about that Correct. restaurant. Correct. It's wonderful. I'm just giving you a hard time. So let's <laughs> talk. How, do, how have you not had a Juicy Lucy? When I first moved to the Twin Cities, a, a great friend of mine had asked me if I've tried this phenomenon called the, the Juicy Lucy, which has been um, close to the Twin Cities heart. For the, very, for the longest time, I believe. I think it's like 50, 60, Other than 60 hot dish, years. this is all we have, John. This is our only... What other culinary achievement do we have that we can take ownership of here? Oh, for sure. So I, it was always on my docket to try. But as you know, with, with a busy schedule of trying all these restaurants and, and reviewing all these restaurants, it gets, it gets difficult to get around it. My friend had always said, told me, try this when I'm around. And so I was waiting for him to, to, to be around to try the Juicy Lucy. And, it you know, things happen, schedules happen, right. and it, I, I wasn't able to try it until recently uh, until I was thinking of my next piece for, this, for, the, for, the, Star, for the Star Tribune. And, um, well, why not turn that into an article? So you and your friend, did you the two of you go to all four of these restaurants? Uh, he and I went to three of them. You did three of them together. Um, and I went to one by myself. And so you went to... Matt's, which is, I think, you know, there's a debate as to who was the originator. Mm -hmm. But to me, like, I always think Matt's. Mm -hmm. The 5-8 Club, great. But there are like three or four of those around town. Mm -hmm. Matt's is more dive bar. Now, my first question is, you said the servers at Matt were smiling and friendly. Are you sure you were at the correct (laughs) Matt's bar? This does not feel like the Matt's (laughs) I've ever been to. Perhaps it felt like, um, well, maybe it was a time of day. I, I arrived uh, <laughs> at 12, 12.30 on a Saturday, and um, the servers had the whole circulation like clockwork. There, there was a headpiece, and uh, the whole structure was very cleaned. They were super efficient. Um, no, no complaints. It, it, it looked like a dive bar. People were friendly. Matt's, as far as I'm concerned, went downhill when they started taking credit cards. It used to be just cash only. Now they take a card. And so it's a little, it's, uh, you know, remember who you are, Mats. Okay. <laughs> so you didn't like the Juicy Lucy there. Didn't like is a strong word, Jason. You I... did not like it. You said the beef was dry and not very flavorful. <laughs> I said, well, the, the burger overall is a very tasty and satisfying, delicious one benchmarking against some of the other wonderful Juicy Lucy's that I had in the city, my friend and I agreed that it could be a little... Why, why are you hedging? It was You did not <laughs> like it. Would you ever have that again? Not immediately, <laughs> but... <laughs> own it! Just own it, John Chang! You hated Matt's burger, is what I'm hearing. I appreciate what Matt's has done. Um, yeah. I would say against compared to the other ones, I have a preference for for for, for the other Juicy Lucy's that I uh, very much so loved and, and wrote about. All right, so that was of the four, you rank that dead last. Comparatively, yes, four out of four. Yes, well, you only tried four, so somebody's right. got to yeah. be first. Somebody's mm-hmm. got to be last. We're talking with John Chang, the restaurant critic for Minneapolis Star Tribune. So five eight club. Another icon came in third. I would say so, correct? Yeah. <laughs> you're not. You're used to like flowery writing, John Chang. You're used to being able to hedge around it and like what? I'm I'm demanding answers here. So number uh, two for you mm-hmm. 
And if you, I mean, you guys out there listening have had plenty of great burgers uh, in Juicy Lucy's. 651-461-9226 is where you can text if you want to, you know, engage in this food fight with John. So, John, you put uh, in second place uh, who? Uh, Blue Door. Blue Door Pub. Correct. It's a pretty good burger. It's a good burger. Yeah. I, I, and I, you I, like the beef. The beef was good. The It had good flavor. It was relatively juicy. The cheese was the, – uh, the cheese gushed out like lava, and it was – as, as it's supposed to. As it should. Right. No no complaints there. No complaints. And number one was the nook. Correct. Which I think is a very defensible choice. I, I am glad to hear that, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Have people been coming at you for picking the nook, number one? I don't think so. I think people took it – might have taken issue with with the placement of mats, but again, comparing these against the Nook, objectively, the Nook has a better Juicy Lucy. Now, I think the real issue here is how you closed this story. It's not. It's not that you. You know, we all, all of us have our rankings of Juicy Lucys, right? Mm-hmm. But when you close the story, and I uh, tweeted out a link. But your last line of this says, will I return for the Juicy Lucy? It is a one-and-done affair. I'm not sure what warrants an immediate return overall, but I applaud the novelty of it. John, this is like, this is like, I mean, you're trying not to say that you hate the Juicy Lucy, but that's what I'm, that's the vibe I'm getting here. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Jason. Um, what I'm trying to say is there is a calorific implication to it with just how much cheese and how heavy and dense and rich the whole affair is. Um, are you really worried about your cholesterol? How old are you, John? You're a very slender, very fit man for the sake of your cholesterol. So, so I did actually get a... <laughs> think uh, of the other <laughs> fancy food that you and I eat. I think a Juicy Lucy is probably one of the healthier things that we end up eating at restaurants. I, I, I try to moderate, Jason. Um, <laughs> that's what I, I... I think having... Going to four places uh, in one day for... Uh, oh, you did all this in one day? Correct. Oh, well, that's crazy. Yeah, Matt's was first. And did you... So how much of a burger... How much can you actually eat? You had to take a couple bites to get course, to the cent- course, center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you probably didn't eat the whole burger. No, right. No, no. With four of those would Correct. be... Yeah. So you went... Boy, you are really saving the Star Tribune money. So you and a friend went and you, ju- you split... Mm-hmm. So you just ordered one burger. Correct. So this reporting project probably cost less than 50 bucks. It's pretty Did good. You Your editors are grateful. That's pretty good. Food writing is an expensive <laughs> endeavor, you know? Well, it it's also a journalistic, um, you know, it's it's just easier to, to, to try it all in one day. In one day, some, yeah. Yes. Trying to find the time. Correct. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, John Chang is the Star Tribune's restaurant critic. We are going to get into your story. I was going to start with your story, but I had to go to this very important news of the day. So we'll get more of your path, how you ended up at the Star Tribune, what you think of our food scene as a relatively newcomer Mm -hmm. to Minnesota, and uh, all of that and more. And you can text, too. Love to hear your thoughts on Juicy Lucy's, your thoughts on John's ranking. I'll share that with him. 651-461-9226. That is our Cities One Plumbing Talk. 
and text line. Don't forget, in about 20 minutes, we'll have more coverage of the death of Queen Elizabeth. That news just breaking today. We'll be talking with the local uh, professor of history on the impact and the future of the British royal family. Derusha Eats continues here on Drive Time. John Chang is the restaurant critic for the Minneapolis Star Tribune, and he joins us live in studio here on Derusha Eats. Uh, you can go to StarTribune.com or go to my Twitter, Derusha J, to see. Uh, will this be in print this weekend, or do you know when this shows up in the actual printed paper, your Juicy Lucy article? Uh, it will be up this weekend. It will right. be up this yeah. weekend. Mm-hmm. So check that out if you get the printed paper or check it out online today. John, you've been uh, a, a critic here now for several months. Always interesting when you replace another person. Rick Nelson, for decades, was the critic for the Star Tribune. Uh, Tell me your view on stars. You have four stars, and you and I have talked uh, through DM on Instagram about this. Um, I feel like Minnesotans only feel like we're allowed to use three and four stars. (laughs) That a one star is an insult or a two star is an insult. Is that how you see stars, or or do you see any... Well, just tell me your philosophy. Well, I see stars a little differently, and it's good to to dig into how the star system was used before, but the way that I see it and something that you mentioned, Jason, during a prior podcast is a two-star restaurant is a good restaurant. Yeah. It's a restaurant that I would gladly pay money for and travel. Right. Right. And, and yes. And, and many of my restaurants that I reviewed have been in that two, two, three, three plus star range. Um, a one-star restaurant isn't a bad restaurant by any means. It's a restaurant that, if you're in the neighborhood or uh, close by, you wouldn't certainly wouldn't mind eating there. A one star, I, I feel like you should be able to use all of those stars. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to write about it, now look, if Gavin Kaysen opens a restaurant that you give one star, that is not good, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're writing about a neighborhood restaurant that gets one star, I'll give an example. Mr. Paul's Supper Club in Edina, which mm-hmm. I love that restaurant. You gave it how many stars? I gave it two and a half. And I thought that was a very fair rating of what that... I would highly recommend that people go to Mr. Paul's. It's very, very fun. It's a great vibe. The food is really good. But it's not a it's not a three-star, three-and-a-half-star restaurant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. And they were... I agree. They were not happy with two-and-a-half stars. I'm I'm disappointed to hear that. I think, um, but it's in, just that that hasn't been the way that things have been done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Certainly, and I, I think the the content of my review hopefully transcends the actual. I thought story it was really. high praise. I thought yeah. your review was was high praise for what they're doing for sure. Yeah. And I think I hope readers and restaurateurs and chefs can look beyond the star rating. Uh, the they won't. They readers. will not. When you put stars, you're, you're that's what people are going to focus it on. That's sure. sort of what I like about it. Yeah. That it just says, like, here's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I'm like, here are all the words. Here's my theory behind it. But this is what I believe. And it just it forces. I sort of wish you had. Do you ever wish you had one more star to work with? I think this current star rating is pretty fair, yeah. uh, in, in my opinion. Um, you, don't you end up with a lot? Like you end up in that two and a half to three and a half. So no matter how you recalibrate the list, like you're, you sort of end up stuck. Where if you look at fifteen reviews, you're like, well, it's mostly three star restaurants. 
Well, no, I I have given I would say I, I've given a handful of two star reviews. I've given many in two and a half, only a handful in, in in three. I would say I would say two three restaurants I've reviewed so far have gotten a three, and of course Awami uh, has a three and a half. Yeah. So, so if no one has a four star yet, well, um, from you, none of the new restaurants that I've reviewed. Yes. Right. Correct. Right. Do you in your mind from is there a four-star restaurant in the Twin Cities? There is. I think it's Demi. Yeah. And does it does a four-star restaurant have to be like Demi is Demi is very fine dining, mm-hmm. very small, mm-hmm. very. Uh, I wouldn't say it's very expensive. It's not the most expensive tasting sure. menu in town. Mm-hmm. But does it need all of those trappings to be a four-star in your mind? I don't think so. I think, like, could a pizza place be a four-star restaurant? I haven't had. Well, I've, I've had plenty of really good pizza uh, in my life. I think a four star rating encompasses not just the food or dish; it also encompasses the environment, the service, right. and the experience you get in hospitality. And I, and I think it's hard to achieve that with a pizza. I could go out and say this is one of the best pizzas I've ever had, but giving that a four star rating might be a little challenging and unfair to, the, to some of the other restaurants that really give. A lot to to push great hospitality and food. How how important is service to you at a restaurant? I think good service should should make you feel welcome. It should never distract from the dining experience. It shouldn't it shouldn't fawn. Um, but bad service can really impact um, a diner's view of the of the food, for instance. And, and and I think it can equally help as well as hurt. How how did how did you become a food critic? Well. Growing up, I I've always had an opinion about food. I remember when I was little, I'd I'd write about um, restaurants through blogs and TripAdvisor reviews when I was a teenager. And when many people started thinking my reviews were helpful, I decided to write for uh, the school paper. I wrote for um, a couple other publications, and everything just snowballed from there. Um, you know, I I got my first break writing for the Village Voice in New York City. Uh, I wrote for Time Out in Singapore as a restaurant critic. Uh, a couple other big publications, and very, very fortunate, and very lucky to to have chance upon this strip uh, strip gig role here in the Twin Cities, and I'm really, really glad and lucky to have that. You wor- you also work in in food, right? Do you work? You have another job besides uh, correct. I, I have a day job. Yeah. Um, is it hard to balance all of that stuff? I mean, you travel a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Correct. So I think over the past decade or so, uh, food writing has been my my second life and so i've i've always tried to make that work um so haven't had any problems with it when food is when you're when you're as passionate as food as uh as i am you will make it you know work yeah any which way or uh or another john chang is the restaurant writer restaurant critic for the minneapolis star tribune a couple questions from some listeners on the uh city's one plumbing talk and text line 651-461-9226 Someone asked how many stars for Martina in Linden Hills. I don't think you – that's not news, so you haven't reviewed it. No, I have not reviewed it. I think it's a very good restaurant. Yeah. Um, I unfortunately wouldn't be able to give you a star rating off the bat, but I will say it's up there. It's a fun exercise, right, where you think about places you like and you're <laughs> like, all right, how many stars would I give it? You know? Yeah. You go – when you review a place, do you go three times? Uh, uh, at least, yes. At least. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is a real commitment by the paper. I mean, mo- I I think uh, most of our listeners know I'm the food critic for Minnesota Monthly. Correct. And we don't have the budget 
to go three times. So mm-hmm. what you get from me, if I don't like a place, I am going to go back again mm-hmm. because I don't think it's fair to rip a place on one oh, for sure. one visit. Yeah. But I will write a positive review of one place. I wish I could go more, but we just mm-hmm. don't. We, It's expensive. No, for sure. Yeah. I think people don't realize like how much the paper spends on you going out to eat. But yeah. it's important. Do you think it's important in an age when everybody can be on Instagram or TripAdvisor mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. started? Mm-hmm. I think that's what I think the journalistic integrity around multiple visits ensures that you get a consistent experience, whether it's trying a dish that maybe you didn't like for the first time and trying it again to give it a second chance. Um, I think that's what absolves some restaurants from having bad days Hmm. and equally going uh, during a day when everything is just A+. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I've enjoyed uh, reading you and look, you know, one of the things I think as a reader, you sort of learn if your palate or your taste Mm -hmm. is in line with the critic. We all have different tastes and different palettes. I think objectively there are things you can look at from restaurant to restaurant, but some of it is like, are you vibing on a place? Are you in a good mood when you go? <laughs> all of these things do play into how all of us feel about restaurants. And things right now are very inconsistent, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like it is, I am most nervous about writing reviews right now because I know that people can go to a place and have a very different experience than I did. And it didn't used to be that way. Oh, for sure, Jason. No, that's why I think that's also an external and as well as an internal thing. I could be having. Uh, a day when I'm just not feeling jazz about a certain ingredient, right? Yeah. So yes. waiting a, a, a week mm. or two to to approach it with a fresh mind, I think that just gives uh, more breathing room to yeah. the restaurant. Certainly. John Chang, you can read him in the Star Tribune, uh, startribune.com. John, I appreciate you coming in. I hope you'll come back again. I hope I didn't beat you up too bad over that <laughs> juicy article. Thanks, Jason. Very fun. Appreciate your voice and having you as uh, part of the food scene here. John Chang from the Star Tribune on DeRussia Eats. Russia Eats continues. Here's your host, Jason DeRussia. There is one person in the Twin Cities food scene that I see more than anybody else. If it's a charity event, it's a restaurant opening, this person is always there. And you have to look really hard to see her because she's only four foot seven. Sue Zellickson. WCCO radio listeners know Sue Zellickson. And now everyone around Minnesota is going to get a chance to read her story in this month's edition of Minnesota Monthly on the cover, the 2022 Top Doctors. But open that up inside. Sue, on the cover, it calls you a culinary icon. It's pretty good. That is pretty good. I think I don't like to cook. I think it's true. I think you are a culinary. Well, you're more than that. You're a community icon, and, and we're glad to have you in studio today. Thank you so much. It's really fun to be here. It's been, I know you, you had a show here for a long time. About 20 years. You won a James Beard Award for your uh, for, for radio interviews, show? for your mm-hmm. radio show. I did. Uh, and it's, it, to me, it's just a treat to have you here because, you know, I've told you this before, that my wife and I, we try to be very involved in the community and charity. I know, and, and you do. And, and I've told you this, and I'll tell you this on the radio, but we both look at you and the way that you've handled yourself and your family very much as an inspiration. 
Well, I'm honored to hear that. Yeah, I think it's a great example because people have to learn, I think, the importance of like stepping up and being there for these things and showing up is a big part of it. Yeah, you have to show up and be there to do things. Yeah. Tell tell us, how did you uh, end up writing and speaking and talking about food? Because you said you don't like to cook. Well, I like to cook. I said I'm not, I, I should really say I'm not a good cook, especially if you ask my children. <laughs> but they survived and they're doing well, so I guess it wasn't that bad. It wasn't bad. that bad, <laughs> right, yes. Right. They just said TV dinners I would ruin, so, uh, which aren't around too much That's anymore. right. You don't have to worry about that. Yes. That's right. Now they're all fancy and organic and all of that sort That's of stuff. right. Well, I think it, you know a lot of things happened just because where you are at the right time. And um, I didn't start out in the business that I ended up in. I was a school teacher. And taught kindergarten and nursery school and primary grades, both here and in South Carolina. And uh, when we got to second graders, that was as high as I could go because then they got smarter than I was. <laughs> so uh, this really was a fluke. And then I got into helping some people op- open some restaurants. And I was on CCO one day and uh, somebody liked my voice that was involved with the radio station and called up and said, well, maybe it would be fun if I had a program there. So, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it sort of was a fluke, but a good one. That's incredible, right? Suze Ellickson, uh, long time. Now you write for Minnesota Monthly Magazine. You've been writing for Minnesota Monthly for, oh, gosh. A long time, yeah. Oh, I know. A it's, little bit now, not so much. Like, online a little bit. Online, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you started the Charlie Awards. Right, with Scott Mayer. And now the Charlie Awards are sort of the, they, they were billed as the uh, Oscars of the food world. Right. And we had a good 11 years running in, and it was fantastic. And then the pandemic hit. And so who knows if we can resurrect it or not. How, how much has the pandemic changed kind of the way that you're out and about and doing things? Well, you're one to know that answer because you, yeah. you're out more now than I was. Yeah. But I, it's been hard. It's been it? hard. It's really been hard. In fact, I don't know how our restaurateurs are doing it. When you can only be open three or four days a week, yeah. how do you even order food or keep it fresh? I mean, it's how do you keep your staff? It's, it's, and that's how things are. And even coming downtown today was a shock. <laughs> so looking yeah. at, at the things that aren't here anymore. Downtown is, has been hit the hardest. I think so. And I've been downtown every single day. I, one day I worked from my home during the pandemic. One really? day. But I've been coming down out, downtown and, every day. And you don't live day. that close either. No, I live in Maple Grove. <laughs> wow. But I felt it was really important for our TV viewers to see me in the studio at the desk. And it was, Jason. It was. Yeah. It was, I just yeah. didn't want to see them, uh, to have people seeing me in the basement and think like everything was going to hell. And the sound is different. <laughs> The sound is different. different. And I'll tell you who else didn't want me in the basement, my wife. (laughs) She's like, I do not need you, like, good morning at 4.30 a.m. Right, right. Or think of the ones that had little kids running around while they were trying to do it. You know, it was a a stressful time for everyone and everything, and um, we're still not out of it. Your husband, Al Mm -hmm. Zalickson, dermatologist, just died during all of this, which I just, I mean, obviously there's no good time to lose someone, but both of us have lost... I lost my good friend uh, Jack Rebel during right. this time. Right, and it's when the worst. It's the worst when you couldn't go see them in the hospital, yeah. and when you, it was yeah. And I was, know how hard that that was hard for you guys. Yep. But yep. you two, as a couple, tell me like what what kind of he meant as far as all of the stuff you've been able to do in the community. 
Well, he was he was a champion of restaurants. He always used to say, we have to go out to eat. We have to support them or they won't be in business. I said, well, once in a while we could stay home. But <laughs> I mean, maybe his way of telling me he didn't like my cooking. Maybe, <laughs> yes. Yes. But he he loved the restaurant business as much as I did. And, and and this was before it was cool, really. I mean, right. now it's definitely kind of a cool thing that people do is brag right. about where they go out to eat. That's right. And and I'll, I'll just never forget the time we were first – we were just married and moved into – well, it was after we came back. from He was in the service for two years. And so I went with him to South Carolina and stayed in a marine town at, in Beaufort, South Carolina – where we did we did cook a lot. We grilled out a lot because that was a, what you did there in your backyard. And um, then we moved back here and we uh, – <laughs> I, I don't know how – we lived in St. Paul for a while. And I started teaching school and he um, was in still in the university. And then we – a few years later, we bought a house, and I'm trying to think what the end of the story was that I was going to tell you <laughs> in the beginning. Um, oh, I know what it was. So we he we we went we would go out to restaurants, and I remember the Rainbow Cafe, and it probably was before you moved here, but it was on Lake and Hennepin, poor Lake and Hennepin, and um, it was owned by the Lagaris family, and they uh, had the best hamburgers in town. And the owners, George Lagaris, was a friend of ours and his wife, and we had lunch with them one day, and I remember my husband and I. They were pouring martinis in the in the um, Coke glasses because they didn't have <laughs> no, a beer. Mar- and, right. and I can't hear them because they're out of business now anyway. But So we would have iced martinis in the Coke glasses. And, I mean, there were canned martinis in that, in that day, and I guess they're coming back in vogue yeah, now again. Right. So this was in the 50s. So uh, – and then I remember Al saying – getting really interested in the, in the restaurant business. And so – as we met friends along the way, he would get as involved as I was. He'd meet the owners and he'd try to help them with their businesses and stuff. And so the restaurant business and the scene just happened to be part of our lives. For we, I mean, we love to go out and eat and we love to support the people that were in the business. And some of them are like, like yeah. my children now. <laughs> That's really cool. Sue, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the charity work and talk about how you feel being able to read this tremendous article by Eric Tormoen in uh, this Months, Minnesota Monthly. It's, weird. My, it's it, weird to be on the receiving end. All right, hang on to that. Okay. Hang on to that. We'll take a quick break and be right back with Sue Zellickson on Drive Time with Derusha. Sue Zellickson is with us in studio. She is the focus of a long-form profile with beautiful portraits. Are you happy with how these pictures of you turned out in this month's Minnesota Monthly magazine where I, uh, I'm sure there are some wonderful uh, restaurant reviews for me in here as well. I'm sure there is. Somewhere. They bet that you should highlight that first. <laughs> I gave you top billing, Sue. Uh, is it weird to read about yourself in a magazine? It's very weird. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. And the pictures, when you say, did I like the pictures, does anyone ever like their like pictures? Like their pictures? No. no. but the photographer was adorable and he tried his best. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, Sue? You really want to know? Do I really have to tell? I'm going to be 88 next month. D. You, at age 88, I think a a lot of us who cover food or do, you know, charity events and stuff are always amazed at the energy you have. How do you keep it up? How do you keep doing it? I I, I owe it all to my grandmother. I had a grandmother who never slept. In fact, when she did, she just slept on the sofa in her house. Hmm. She was, she was, the only difference was she was a fabulous cook. But that was my, where my interest in food came. But I've always had a lot of energy, and I never need enough, very much sleep until I get a little older and miss too much of it, and then right. I have to crash. But um, I, I just, I'm interested in life and what goes on, and I, everybody says I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. 
So that's a strong motivator. That is a strong motivator. When, when you look at the restaurant scene and you look historically, as you've been able to see kind of, you know, this whole we're thing rise it. up. Yeah. Right. What, right. Uh, when you look at where we're at today, what, what are your thoughts? Well, we used to say Minnesota, or especially Minneapolis-St. Paul, was flyover land. I mean, why would you stop there? In the in the food world, people would refer it to this way. And now it is, if you don't stop, then you're missing a lot. And we're, what, what the happiness is that even though we've had a lot of restaurant closing, yeah. there are many opening up, and yeah. many ethnic restaurants, and many family restaurants, and, and they're all good. I mean, they're really yeah, outstanding. I mean, you know better than anybody. It's surprising the quality. It is. It is. Yeah. And, and with all of the hurdles that they have to go after, we were just saying, I mean, how can you have a restaurant that's only open four days a I week? Know. And and keep, you know, they always used to say, don't eat fish on Monday because that's... Was, or, right, the leftover <laughs> stuff. It's been yeah. sitting there all weekend. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But... It, it's it's been a wonderful ride, and I I'm, I've had a good life, and I'm not complaining about any of it. Yeah. A few aches and pains, but other than that, well, it's we, been good. I appreciate all you've done. You've started so many different efforts uh, to help kids and to help women in the culinary world, and uh, it just continues. So, congrats on the article. Thank you so much. And yes, I was embarrassed when I read it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sue Zellickson, pick up Minnesota Monthly. It's on newsstands or subscribe at minnesotamonthly.com. Thanks so much for listening to the DeRussia Eats podcast. On WCCO Radio, 830 AM, we do conversations with chefs, with farmers, with small business people every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. The podcast is available every week. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would love for you to leave us a review. Give us however many stars you can. I don't know, 10, 20 stars would be nice, five stars, and leave your feedback as well. It really helps us grow and helps support covering the food community here at WCCO Radio and in the DeRussia Eats podcast. If you'd like to email me with an idea or a question about the restaurant scene, you can email jason at odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com, jason at odyssey dot com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the DeRussia Eats podcast. Thanks for listening to DeRussia Eats. Dan Cook is our producer. Jason DeRussia is your host. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. DeRussia Eats is a production of Odyssey.